Welcome to the Nick's State of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Danny Small, alongside my esteemed co-host, Chip Murphy. How are we doing today, Chip? I'm good, Danny. What's up, man? Nothing much. We're just hitting that August time where it's really going to start getting uh, pretty quiet here for Knicks fans. But luckily today, we've got a few things to talk about, um, and mostly former Knicks. We'll start with Carmelo Anthony. Obviously, still unsigned, still no indication that he's planning or any team is planning to sign him. Um, So we're not exactly sure what's going on with his future. But what we did find out today was Shams Charnia of The Athletic posted a report with a lot of Anthony news. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was the report that Shams said, If the Knicks had signed two max free agents like Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, they were going to consider bringing in Carmelo Anthony for another season with that group. It's a lot to digest, and obviously it's not going to happen. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that the possibility that never was. What do you think about that, Chip? Yeah, the the tweet was worded interested. Uh, the tweet was worded interestingly, like they would were going to consider the possibility of bringing him in. Like I, I think I even commented on the tweet, like, "Oh, that's really nice of the Knicks to possibly consider bringing in the best player that the franchise has had in the last twenty years." That's a really <laughs> that's really nice to consider throwing him a bone there. I mean, it's like it's crazy. Come on, like possibly consider. I mean, is the guy really that much of poison to a franchise that you can't even be like, yeah, we were going to consider bringing him in. We were going to do it. And we're if we got KD and Kyrie, I get that I get that it doesn't make sense now, but it would have made sense if they got KD and Kyrie. And I think Shams also says that the Lakers were considering bringing him in, which I think that would have made sense too with LeBron. But the Knicks thing, yeah, I I still think that I with KD and Kyrie, I think it would have made sense. I think it was uh, worded very uh, suspiciously in the tweet, and maybe their maybe their interest was serious. Maybe it wasn't as serious. I don't know. The Knicks, as usual, their PR is very low. Maybe they want to. Maybe they wanted to uh, look. Maybe they wanted to get their stock looking a little better. By making it look like, oh, we were going to bring in Mello. We just, you know, we, we lost out on the two guys that we wanted. If, if we did get those two guys that we wanted, we would have brought back Mello. And you heard about that farewell tour that he wanted. We were going to mm-hmm. give him that. Mm-hmm. We were going to be the guys to give him that farewell tour he wanted. I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a coincidence that this came out right after Chris Brickley went on The Breakfast Club and talked about how Mello wanted a farewell tour. Mm-hmm. You know? So, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. It's it's always with these. The, there's so many mellow rumors over the years, and so many teams that have been linked to them. It's hard to tell what's what, who's leaking what. Is is there a, a more rumored athlete than Carmelo Anthony over the last year, two years, or whatever? It's crazy. 
Yeah, the the wording, yeah, you brought that up. That like it was, yeah, they were possibly considering like it was definitely a, a kind of a strange way to put it. But like you said, you know, like if they had brought in Durant and Irving, it would have made sense because I mean, say what you want about Melo, he's not what he used to be. He's you know, a shell of his Hall of Fame self from, you know, years ago, but he can still knock down open shots. I mean, guys around the league have so much respect for him. You would think he would fit in on a team like that, you know, pretty well. And then, like you said, the Brickley thing with the he wants a farewell tour, that I think actually would have probably worked out okay because the Knicks would have been really good. He would have had the mellow farewell tour as sort of like a little uh, side, you know, side aspect of the season. But now, obviously, that they don't get him, obviously, it just doesn't make sense because they they don't want to have that, you know, mellow farewell tour, you know, lingering over the entire season and the young guys. And I actually think that Brickley, you know, mentioning that he wants a Dwayne Wade type farewell tour, I think that's going to hurt him because what team, you know, I mean, I guess the only teams I would think the Nuggets and the Knicks are the only teams he really has yeah. a connection to. What other team is going to be, you know, like, is a random team going to go, oh, you know, this is the this is what we need to do, bring in Melo for a farewell tour? I just, I, I don't see that going over well really anywhere else. I thought Brickley looked like an idiot in that interview. Yeah. I thought saying that Melo was better than 70% of the players in the NBA, I mean, Melo's better than a lot of the guys in the NBA, and it's probably a high number, but he's not, like you said, he's not doing Melo any favors by saying things like this. Yeah, it's just, it was, it's a strange it's just, thing to say. Yeah, and the farewell tour thing, you bring up a great point. Is it going to be Denver or the Knicks? There can only be two options, and the breakup in Denver was brutal. Yeah, I don't think those those fans want to give him a, a farewell tour, would you? I don't think there's any love lost there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They've moved on. They're Nikola Jokic's team now. They're new coach, new general manager. They've moved on. Yeah, and and they they're going to be you know one of the better teams in the West probably again next yeah, season. Exactly. They don't need you know they don't need to bring in a guy like Melo to kind of overshadow you know what they're already doing there. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, it's just a strange and you know I I we all knew Melo was kind of falling off and tailing off towards his end with the Knicks there. But it really, I, I have to say, I am kind of surprised by how quickly he fell off because he had that year in OKC and then goes to the Rockets. I thought the Rockets might have been a good fit for him, and obviously that didn't work out as planned. Mm-hmm. Um, but Melo is actually not the only former Nick who is unsigned. There's a couple more, and next we will get to Jeremy Lin, who blew up on social media um, during a speech in Taiwan, Taiwan he was giving where he talked about how you know not being able to be signed feels like he had hit rock bottom. Um, there were some tears. There was a lot of emotion, and he got he got ripped for it by a lot of people um, because you know he's a millionaire athlete who a lot of people think rode a two week stretch to you know millions and millions of dollars an NBA championship. Um, a lot of people think he rode that to his success now, and him talking about rock bottom is a re- little ridiculous. Um, and I do think that there's some merit to that. I understand, you know, you can be rich and you can have all the money in the world, and you can still be, you know, depressed and unhappy. And you know, I get that. But 
I do think he had a really, really good NBA career and a lot better than than most guys out there. I just don't know how many teams out there want to bring him in as the third guard when they can maybe use that roster spot on like a young guy, you know, maybe someone that they think they can get something out of years down the line. I just I don't know how much how much market there is out there for Jeremy Lin right now. Yeah, Jeremy Lin's on the wrong side of 30 now. And he's a skinny guard who I think I was reading a New York Times article that said he plays to contact, which isn't good for skinny guards. And uh, he look, he's coming off a bad year. He had a good, uh, meaningless stretch last year with the Hawks. I think it was 51 games, yeah, it says here. 47%, 10.7 points. And uh, the Raptors traded for him to be like a serious addition, and he was terrible for them. So it's always, it's what have you done for me lately with the NBA, specifically with role players. And he played 23 regular season games with the Raptors, and he was brutal. Seven points, 37% shooting, 20% from three. And he completely fell out of their rotation. He played fewer than 30 minutes total in the playoffs. I mean, he wasn't even in the uh, playoff rotation at all. So he's coming off a rough stretch. He has a lot to prove. And I think I read that some Russian team was interested in him, and he just turned them down. But, yeah, he's going to – he may not even start out the season on a team. So it's going to be very interesting to see what what happens with him. Well, I was actually just about to – bring that up before you said the Russian team he's oh, definitely he, yeah. no no I, no it was perfect it was perfect I was actually gonna say like he's he's definitely got options out there I mean if he wants to play you know in China I think I was reading in um I, I solo had a column today I think he was saying something about you know the possibility of him going to China I mean his basketball career might be over in the NBA but it's not over if he doesn't want it to be which I mean it's tough you know you want to play in the NBA He's played in the NBA his entire career. He wants to stay there, but you know this. His he's still he's still got a career, and when he looks back on his NBA career, I don't think he's going to be crying about it. I think he had a very nice, successful career. I think he did you know a lot for um, you know Asia as you know for the sport of basketball in Asia. I think he did a lot to grow the game there. So I think you know it's just it's a tough moment for him, and I understand him being emotional. Um, but like you said, just the production wasn't there last year. That's it's not because there's some you know the people just are are done with Jeremy Lin for any reason other than the fact that he didn't really perform last year. Yeah, and I think you make a great point about going overseas and potentially going to China. I was reading about uh, I was doing some research and I was reading about Ty Lawson because I remember Ty Lawson was at is out of the league now. He makes like. million a year playing in China. Jeremy Lin could go overseas and make the same amount of money there that he would make on a vet minimum contract here. So, like, I think you make a great point. He's got plenty of options to make money, and he could do, and he could also go over to China, play well there, and come back here. Michael Beasley did it. Gerald Green did it. A lot of guys have done it. And or he could just be the uh, the next Stephon Marbury and go that, over and just, and just become too, a yeah. legend. He could like, do that too. I mean, you know, Stephen Marbury, he he went over there and he extended his career by how many years? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. dominating in the uh, in in China. So, I mean, it, and it, like I do feel for him. Like he was getting clowned by a lot of people for crying. I do feel yeah. for him. Like when your career's over in the NBA, like 
they always say, you know, an athlete dies twice. It, it's got to be tough. But, you know, I think once he gets through this, this offseason this summer, he'll be in a, an okay spot wherever that may be. And the third of the former Knicks that we're going to talk about is actually I think he might be the best suited to help out a contender and join somebody, and that's J.R. Smith. Um, Chip, what do you think about him? Do you, what do you think about his future in the NBA? I know he's still a free agent now, but that, that shooting, I mean, he's a scorer off the bench. I still feel like, even though he didn't really play last year, I still feel like he can give somebody something. I think you make a great point saying he's the best suited to help a team. I, I can't believe J.R. Smith's not on the team right now. I mean, I know he didn't, like you said, he didn't play last year. He's about to turn 34, it turns 34 September 9th. But, wow, I you know, I thought for sure he was headed to the Lakers with LeBron. I mm-hmm. thought that was a guarantee. And then uh, I know the Bucks. there was a – he had a meeting with the Bucks, but then he signed Kyle Korver, mm-hmm. so that – the shooter spot there uh, closed up. I haven't seen anything about him since then, I don't think. Yeah, it's been quiet. So I don't know. It's Yeah, it's been quiet. Definitely quiet. But um, – Go ahead. I think Denver could. Uh, sorry, I, I was just no. I was just going to say we were talking about Denver earlier. I think a reunion with the Nuggets would be a good move for both sides. They could use some bench scoring. That would actually, yeah, that would actually be fun. He could. I mean, yeah. not he not a point guard, but he could kind of fill what they thought Isaiah Thomas was going to be for them. Yes. You know, like yes. that that kind mm-hmm. of just bringing that microwave off the bench to mm-hmm. to give you some added pop and you know kind of help out the starters because. I mean Denver like they're they're good but I don't think if they if they either stay stagnant or they take a slight step back I think there's too many good teams out in the west it's going to be tough for them they got to kind of they got to improve in as many ways as they can and who knows JR could be he could be a good fit for them And also Danny how good is Jamal Murray is he like mm-hmm. is this as good as he is or is he like an all-star or a superstar cuz he has games where he's brutal from the field and when he's brutal from the field they can't beat great teams so because Jokic isn't a a a 35 40 point per game guy in the playoffs so they need him to score so it would help if if, when Murray has a off shooting game if they had a guy like JR yeah because I I agree with that you know Murray he can be a little inconsistent is that you or is that just who he is we don't know yet Mm -hmm. but I mean, even 34-year-old JR, I wouldn't put it yeah. past him to go out there and drop 25 on, you know, on a, on a random night exactly. where the Nuggets need, I, you know, the, the Nuggets need a big game, you know, from somebody because Jamal Murray's, you know, one for 15. I, I still wouldn't put it past JR. That's his entire career. He's been making buckets. And I just, I don't think he's fallen off as much as um, you would expect a normal, you know, 34-year-old to be. It's just it's it's tough because these three guys they they were all together with the Knicks and I don't know, it's those guys were like the almost the core of that team that went to the playoffs those couple of years it's just it's tough to see them like this but hey it's you know that's that's part of the business of the NBA that's just the way it goes the JR thing in Cleveland last year was so bizarre very bizarre. I still don't really understand that but. I guess they basically just told them go sit at home and collect your check. It was weird. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of, that's kind of the same thing that happened with Melo. You know, they they kind of exiled him from Houston and just said, you know, we'll yeah, we'll, we'll try and figure. I think 
both situations. They said, we'll try and, you know, find a team or figure something out. And it just really never, it must have never materialized. But, I mean, uh, and the thing, uh, going back to Melo a little bit with comparing him to JR, you know, the Chauncey Billups. Like, Melo hasn't been saying much this year, but the people who are talking, Chauncey Billups saying, you know, he cared more about scoring 30 than he should have. Like, that's not exactly what teams want to hear when they're thinking about bringing in Melo as a a bench guy to give a little pop in scoring. Like, is Melo still a legend in his own mind? I don't know. J.R. Smith, though, I mean, he he's a legend in his own mind in his own way, but I don't think he'll have any problem <laughs> coming off the bench as, you know, the eighth guy and, you know, just giving you some pop like that. Mello, I could see that maybe being a little bit of an issue or, you know, he doesn't take to the role. It's just, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with these, with these three guys. It should be interesting to watch during, uh, you know, August as things kind of wind down. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that all three will be free agents when a season starts, which is pretty shocking. But uh, I think most teams' rosters are filled up mm-hmm. now, aren't they? And I think if, if a guy like Mello was going to be signed, don't you think he would have been signed by now? Yeah, I think a guy like Mello would have been signed already. JR, I could see him going into the season, then, you know, a team loses somebody, goes down, you know, something like that, and him picking up yeah. somewhere. I could see that happening. But I couldn't see I couldn't see that happening with Melo. I think, if anything, I think Shams reported this earlier today. He, mm-hmm. If he's not going to sign with anyone this year, I think he's just going to sign a one day with the Knicks and and hang it up with as a Nick finally. But oh, which, that'd be so sad. It, it would so be sad. because I mean, Melo is one of the most divisive players in like the Knicks in the you know the past twenty years, but. It's impossible to to deny how great he was. He's a Hall of Famer. He was one of the best scorers of his generation. I mean, the guy was money. And also, he wanted to play for the Knicks. He chose New York, which, as we know now, is not something that a lot of guys are willing to do. And he accepted the challenge. All right. We're going to wrap up this segment and head into our next one uh, right after this break. And we're back here with the Knicks State of Mind podcast, and we're moving on from some of those former Knicks, and we're going to talk about some current Knicks who are getting ready for the FIBA World Cup this year. First off, we're going to talk about a guy who is one of the more divisive players on the Knicks right now. It seems like every Knicks fan has an opinion on him one way or the other, and that guy is Frank Nilakina, third-year point guard from France. He is with the French national team right now, training for the World Cup, and it looks like he's going to be on the team. Looks like his his spot is pretty set in there. Um, he's probably going to be coming off the bench, according to reports. Uh, he's he knows this coach. He's known him since he was 15, I believe. Vincent Collette. I might be mispronouncing that because it's a French name. Maybe. But yeah, I, I think I probably am. My French isn't great. But, um, yeah, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, whatever, however you pronounce it, he's he's known Frank, and I know the French national team. Just listening to some of the stuff, uh, French Knicks pod. If you don't know him, he's a good guy to keep up right now because he's keeping up with everything Frank's doing. But he said that most likely Frank's going to be coming off as one of the first guys off the bench as a defender, 
um, use that length and just give France some added uh, intensity on the defensive end. And I think with Frank, I know the Knicks were they, – they didn't give him the authorization until the very last second, which, I mean, who knows what the story was there. But Frank is authorized. He's most likely going to play. And I think you worry if you're a team that one of your guys is going to get hurt in the World Cup. But I think for the Knicks, this could actually work to their advantage because it seems like they are open to trading him, if not intent on trading him at some point. And if he has a decent showing at the World Cup, I think that could either, you know, that could help his stock go up so that a team maybe comes and says, you know, oh, that offer that you wanted, we'll look into that, um, be a little more open to trading for Frank. Or on the flip side, if he has a good, you know, if he has a good World Cup with France, maybe Fisdale sees something and says, hey, maybe we can get something out of this guy next year. Because last year was just such a tough year with injuries and everything. I feel like, you know, not a clean slate exactly going in this year, but he's he's kind of got to regroup. And I think World Cup could be the perfect way for him to get a little momentum going. Yeah, I agree. I think get him as many reps as you can and uh, send him into the World Cup and uh, get him as many reps as you can in the preseason too. Uh, set him up for if, if you really are intent on trading him, which it seems like they are, try and show him off to other teams. I mean, he... He only played 40-something games last year, and you know he, he hasn't played in a long time. He came back, and he played, I think, what is it? He played yeah, two, game, two games at the end of last season. Yeah. Yeah, he went down in late January, and then he came back. He yeah. played two games in March and just was still not feeling 100%. But, yeah. yeah. But he basically was out since January. So, I mean, he – Nobody's really seen real action from him since January, and his. St- I'm glad they didn't trade him because his stock was at an all-time low. But it's it's good to see him going into this World Cup, and it's good to see like his coach saying good things about him, talking about his IQ, and talk about mm-hmm. he, how he's uh, an elite defensive player. Um, and I think he's he's talking about his intangibles, his physical tools, and all that. Uh, he called him six seven. Which I don't know—is he six seven? Is he six six? Uh, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's like—it's uh, going to be good to see a Nick in this tournament. But uh, it's just going to be good to see Frank playing basketball again. So we'll see how, what kind of shape he's in, if he's what kind of offensive numbers he can put up. That'll be very interesting. Mm-hmm. If his offense, if his jumper looks any different at this level than it does at the NBA level. That's always very interesting. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see Frank play. I always, I mean, I'm not one of the, I'm not a Frank Nielakina stan or anything, but uh, I'm not one of those people who's like, I'm not like Matt where I want to ship him out as soon as possible mm-hmm, yeah. for, <laughs> for anything we can get either. But uh, mostly because I'm not exactly sold on Dennis Smith either. But, um, yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see Frank play, most of all, finally, to see Frank play. Yeah, and, I mean, you. one of the big topics of this offseason has been how are the Knicks and how, are, how is Fisdale going to be able to get all of these guys' minutes? And consistently on those, on, in those articles and on those lists and, you know, on the depth chart, Frank is towards the bottom and it doesn't look yeah. like it's going to be easy for him to get playing time. This is a perfect way for the Knicks to show off one of their – you know, one of their young assets 
without, you know, without having to play them in, you know, their games. So it just, it gives them another opportunity to show them off. And like you said, it really, we all know about his defense. We know that he's long. We know that he's got the, you know, the seven foot, whatever wingspan. We know he can cover one through four. We know all that, but can he score on the offensive end? Because, you know, even the best defenders in the league need to be somewhat capable offensively. And he hasn't quite shown that yet. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, like you said, it's good to at least have one Nick that will be playing when September rolls around. um, Because the other guy who is in contention to play in the World Cup is Julius Randle, who was one of the late additions to the Team USA roster. Um, there's, I believe there is 18 guys right now who are fighting for a spot. Randall got the call after you know Lillard, Harden, Davis, all those guys backed out. And now I'll give you a readout of all the guys at U.S. camp um, and not on the select team. We'll get to that later. But players participating right now, there's 17 listed. Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Donovan Mitchell, Mason Plumley, Julius Randle, Marcus Smart, Thaddeus Young, Harrison Barnes, Andre Drummond, Kyle Kuzma, Brooke Lopez, Kyle Lowry, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, P.J. Tucker, Miles Turner, and Bam Adebayo. And I know it's a lot of information. Uh, what I was thinking is there's going to be three big men on the team. There's going to be three you know, centers slash power forwards, bigs, however you want to classify them. Is Randall going to be able to make crack that three? And it's uh, to me, it's going to be tough. I think. I think he's got an outside shot because I think Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, and Andre Drummond would probably be the picks right now. But that depends if they want to maybe go with a guy like like uh, Randall who can handle the ball as a big a little bit more. Depending on how they want to play, it, it should be interesting. But if nothing else, I think it's a good. Good little, uh, good little thing for Knicks fans to say. Hey, you know, the guy you got, Randall. He's he's legit. You know, I mean, he's listed with these guys like you know Kemba, Donovan Mitchell. You know, he's he's not exactly Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, but the Knicks. You know, Randall should be a good one for them. I think. Yeah, it's good to see that a guy like Greg Popovich and a guy like Colangelo brought a Nick into this equation to be like, yeah, we're taking a look at him at least. Um, I see that the Drummond thing, Miles Turner, Brooke Lopez, Millsap, and you mentioned Bam too, right? Yeah, Bam Bam is on there yeah, too. Bam. Um, I think Lopez is probably a lock. He seems mm-hmm. like a Popovich guy, Lopez. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think Randall's just as good as any of these guys, just as talented as any of them. Um, but I think Lopez makes sense for the vet presence. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't think Lopez and Millsap together make sense. I don't think they'll take both. I think they'll take one or the other. But I think you're right. They're definitely going to take Drummond um, and probably Turner too. I think Drum- Drummond's already been on a World Cup team, right? Didn't I read that? 2014, yeah. 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 2014, yeah, so, he was at the World so Cup. So they'll probably take him. Yeah. They'll probably take Drummond. I'm saying, I'm um, saying three, but... Who knows? Maybe they want to go a little bit bigger. I mean, I wouldn't put that past Greg Popovich. If he wants to go a little bit yeah. bigger, have Randall play yeah. a little bit more of the four rather than, you know, the, the four slash five. It's a possibility for sure. He's not. He's a traditional guy. He likes the big man. Mm-hmm. So he's he might take more than big men than you'd expect. Um, and Randall's a 
Randall's a traditional big man too. He likes to play in the post. So we'll see. Um, I mean, I think he definitely has a shot because I don't think any of these guys are like outstanding or anything. But uh, yeah, uh, I would. But uh, you're, I think you're correct in saying it's a long shot for him. But I wouldn't be stunned if he was on there. But it is. It is. It's good to see him competing for the spot anyway, just to, just to potentially see him out there and tweeting about it and writing about having a Nick mm-hmm. uh, being there would be fun. Yeah, and one thing I actually I would venture a guess, and this is pure speculation, but I would venture a guess that right now Steve Mills, Scott Perry, and David Fisdale are crossing their fingers and hoping that he doesn't make it because I don't think they want the guy that they just signed you know, to a big contract possible, going, yeah. you know, right, <laughs> right before training or right before, uh, you know, preseason, the training camp and all that. I don't, I don't know if they would, obviously they authorized it. So it is what it is, but I think they would probably feel a little bit more comfortable if Julius Randall was, was, uh, you know, was not playing, was just kind of sitting tight because, you know, it is, it is kind of a, a valid concern for teams to have. They don't want guys getting hurt. Um, but at the same time, you know, for Randall, suiting up for your country is uh, is kind of a big deal. I, I don't blame him for wanting to uh, to go over there. No, you. De- I mean, if you deny him that opportunity, that would be a terrible one mm-hmm. for the Knicks. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, they're and- going to be asking a lot about the, of him. They're going to be asking to play the four and the five this year. He's going to be banging with a lot of guys that are bigger than him. Too, so he's gonna his body's gonna take some punishment this year, like it did last year. So I get what you're saying, yeah, for sure. And he plays, and he plays a lot of minutes. He played 73 games last year, 82 the year before, 74 the year before that, 81 the year before that. He had the, he, a lot of minutes. Yeah, he had the one year. Was it? I think it was his rookie year when he got hurt. He didn't play. Yes. And then after yeah, that, he he's been. The, he got hurt in the first game. I think. Yeah, he's been Mister Durable, and I, I hate yes. bring I hate bringing it up and saying you know like like speculating like if he gets injured because obviously no one in their right mind wants that. No. But it you know it is a it is a concern for people. And the other thing for Randall, I don't think you know he's. Just he just got the invite for the World Cup. I don't think you know the Olympics are anywhere in his future unless he really takes a major step forward in these next few mm-hmm. years. So I, I definitely could see why he would really be pushing for uh, for this year. Um, but I mean, we'll see. It would it would be nice to see him there. But I guess at the least for Knicks fans, they'll at least have Frank there. Um, and the other one, I actually. This was funny. I I tweeted out when the rosters were starting to come out. Um, you know, I said there was Randall, Neil Aquina, and actually R.J. Barrett is also on the the Canadian roster. But they have like twenty something guys. I don't see him actually playing on that team. I think it's more of just a you know come get some work in, do some training with you know with the national team. I don't oh, really. I wouldn't I I mean maybe this is just speculation on my part but I don't expect him to go to the World Cup. You know, just 19 years old, he's a rookie. I can't see that happening. But I said those three guys, I was like, "Oh, these are the three guys. Is there anyone I'm forgetting?" And my mentions immediately, Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson, Mitchell Robinson. Knicks fans are crazy about Mitch for good reason. I mean, he's he looks like he could be a stud. And he's on the select team which they go to you know they go to training camp they train with the team and then they play in a scrimmage against the main team um, and we talked about you know Randall working with Pavovich 
I could see Robinson working with Popovich and all these great coaches. I could see that doing wonders for him before this upcoming season because, I mean, we saw last year how quickly he developed and how he was almost ahead of what everyone expected. Every little bit that could that he can do has got to be a, a huge thing for him. I, I love seeing Robinson go in there. That's great for Mitch because the one knock that I have against Mitch is that he's he makes too many mistakes. You know, he's just he's still a little raw defensively. He he commits unnecessary fouls and goes for a lot of blocks that he shouldn't be going for. So I, I think he's going to learn a lot from David Fisdale on that, obviously. But it, it can't hurt to have uh, Greg Popovich coaching him up too, or anybody else that he learns from in that Team USA program. I don't know who's, I don't know what other coaches are going to be around him there, but I know, like I know Jeff Van Gundy is a part of Team USA. I know they have other great coaches there. They always do. So it can only help Mitch to be around great coaches. Uh, it's good to see him be a part of it. Uh, it's good to see that Team USA thought that Mitch was good enough to be a part of the select team. Mm-hmm. You know, so and I I look at like Bam out of Bayou, and I feel like uh, next year Mitch could be just as good, if not better, than Bam out of Bayou is. I so. could see that. Yeah, and the thing with Mitch too. Let's rewind a year. If you had you know, a year ago said, hey, you know, Mitchell Robinson will be on the select team. You know, he's going to be going to training camp with Team USA before the World Cup next year. I would have said, you're crazy. You know, I would have been yeah. like, you're, you're nuts. There's no way. He's just, he's so raw. I thought at that point he was going to be spending a lot of time in the G League. And he's just come so, so far in such a short period of time. But like you said, you know, he does make a lot of mistakes. He is a little over aggressive at times. Um, he's still working on his jump shot, which he loves to talk about. But it's, uh, it, I think you can't argue against this being a, like a great thing for Mitch and his future. So, you know, by, by, uh, you know, just, I, I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine anyone criticizing this or thinking anything bad. I think only good things can come from Mitch, Mitch coming to, uh, training camp. And then I think in the future, we could see him on, you know, World Cup teams, Olympic teams. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility, knowing what we know about how quickly he's developing. Definitely not. I mean, the game is trending towards, like, one big man per team having uh, playing the way he plays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got <laughs> the rim-running big. Every team has that one guy, yes. The rim-running big who can block shots, protect the rim. You know, if... If he turns into a Rudy Gobert, oh my god! Mm-hmm. Could you imagine, dude? Exactly. Could you imagine. I mean that, and that's yeah, that's the thing. Last year, I think I I compared him to like Clint Capella a lot, which now it looks like he. I mean, Clint Capella is still really good. I know he didn't have as good a year last year, like but like a guy like that, Capella, Gobert. I mean, I know at this point, Mitch is pretty close to Jared Allen too. But like that, that archetype of that rim running big that can go up for lobs and block shots that's becoming so valuable in the nba and you know i think the knicks they they can't be unhappy with how mitchell robinson's development is going it's i think that's been one of if you talk about you know the the knicks failures of the offseason you know this that and the other thing i think in the last two years during the scott perry tenure the one thing not the one thing 
that's the wrong wording, but one of the things that you can point to and say this was amazing was drafting Mitchell Robinson in the second round. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. I, I, they've, they did such a great job with the uh, scouting and the draft. They've just done uh, – If you can't knock them for that. They just did such – I don't know who's in charge of the scouting department off the top of my head, uh, but wow, they, they've just done a fantastic job over the last few years scouting talent and bring in those guys Trier Robinson Mm -hmm. and now it looks like they've got a stud with Barrett too yeah I mean not that that was a difficult find but with Trier and Robinson you can't uh and when they and when they picked Robinson didn't they get a little bit of grief too like what are they thinking because the guy basically sat out a year I if if I think I I I'm sure the Knicks got grief for it. Like I think we can yeah. both say like guaranteed. But if I if I remember correctly, I think it was mostly just like people saying like, "Oh, the Knicks, oh, they took a guy who hasn't played." And it's like yes. most of the people saying it were just, you know, hopping on the bandwagon of, "Oh, the Knicks made a move, so it hence it must have been awful." Yeah, like that uh oh, and Brezdikas too, I should throw him. Oh, yeah, like yeah. what I saw from him. But uh and did you see that there was. I saw some. I'm so sick of Bleacher Report writing off-season review articles where they just trash the Knicks and lump us in with the Hornets. That's I read every, another one. I, I clicked on another one. I clicked on another one again. I, 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 I don't know why. It's just like the Knicks spending their money on power forwards. It's like it's the same article every day you guys write. Like, yeah, it's it's become yeah the same thing over and over and over again. But I mean, I guess. You got it's this we're at the point in the off season where August hits and now it's I've already today I think I saw something Trey Young put on 12 to 15 pounds of muscle. Oh De- yeah, I saw De- your tweet about yeah, that. Yeah. De- DeAndre Jordan is he's thinking about he's going to add three point shot to his game next season. It's like oh god. This is uh we're we're getting we're getting into the muck of it right now. This yep. this next month. I mean, thank honestly thank god for FIBA because you know the training camp It'll be, you know, the the scrimmage will be okay. It'll be good to follow along kind of with how it's going. But at least when September hits, we'll actually have some real competitive basketball going on. Because yeah. I, I have a feeling August is going to be a rough month for everyone. <laughs> Hopefully Frank gets some some significant playing time. That'd be nice. That'd be something to talk about. Yeah, that would. That would I'd say the best case scenario right now would be Randall makes a team and then he gets a little bit of, you know a little bit of burn as a guy off the bench and then you know Frank obviously we think he's going to make the French team but yeah. he he makes it and then he's one of their main guys off the bench he has you know scores you know hitting his shots i think really that's the only thing Knicks can, Knicks fans can really hope for at this point with the with the world cup yeah i mean i i read the same thing you did about RJ Barrett i was kind of surprised by that cuz i read the I read that his dad is like the general manager yeah. of Team Canada, which I, I didn't even know the teams had general managers. So I thought, oh, obviously RJ Barrett's going to be playing for the team. And then I saw the same thing you did. He's he's not listed. I thought for sure, like well, Team I, Canada, he I thought he I, was going to play. I think he had like Jamal Murray, Tristan Thompson's plan. Like it looked like a legit squad. Nick Nurse is coaching yeah. the team. Yeah, I think it I think he's for him to play. He's on he's on their training camp roster. But every it's weird. I, like, there's not a ton of coverage on the World Cup. Like it's kind of hard to find info sometimes. And like I don't think Canada breaks it up into 
you know, like the regular training camp roster and then the select team because they both have about the same amount of guys, but Canada just has one list. I just, and I, I don't know this for sure. This isn't like reporting or anything like that. I'm just speculating. I can't see Barrett playing because, and I, I would imagine his father, who's the general manager, I would imagine he would think the same thing. Like, hey, come to training camp, get some work in, and then we'll go to China, and you know, you start to get ready for your rookie season because probably because it's coming off summer league, too, we're, yeah. and yeah, and we're talking about you know the possibility of injuries and everything. Everyone's taking their guys out of summer league. I can't imagine that the Knicks would like to see their number three overall pick going to play in, you know, whatever it is, eight, nine games in, in China in September. So, I, I and for Barrett, it's a lot of the same things with Robinson, you know, going to play with, with big-time guys, you know, training camp, learn from Nick Nurse, good coaches. I think it can't, it can't hurt him either. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, it would have, it would have, uh, been great to actually play in the games and get that competition but he just played in summer league and then he has the preseason coming up for him to get some more run in and it is going to be good like you said you mentioned nick nurse he's got a great coach he's going to be learning from and he's also been i don't know if you heard this danny but his godfather is steve nash you mm-hmm. might have yeah. heard about that somewhere over the last mm-hmm. like uh, they may have mentioned that in the last like thirty seconds on Twitter yeah. or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's gonna be. That, I I have a feeling that's gonna be one of the things on the bro, on the MSG broadcast this year is you're gonna hear oh, a lot God. of like, oh, and his his uh, Godfather Steve Nash. How many times is Wally Zerbiak gonna mention that RJ Barrett's yeah. Godfather is Steve Nash? That's that's a very good point. It's gonna be it's gonna be <laughs> Wally. I, I think it's gonna be Wally. <laughs> he's uh, such a i like what he's such i like wally he's such a cornball though yeah he's no so, I, he's so easy to make fun of he <laughs> is he is but it, you're right like i do i do like him but it is i could 100 percent see him you know latching yep. onto that as like uh you know the ryan fitzpatrick went to harvard or the todd fraser yes. todd fraser yes. is from new jersey like those, yes. <laughs> that's rj barrett's godfather steve nash is the next one yep Definitely, definitely. Yeah. That's going to be every time he makes a three, nothing but net. He learned that stroke yeah. from his godfather. Steve Nash taught him that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I think we about covered everything we can cover here. We'll get probably to more FIBA stuff once the tournament starts rolling around. And obviously, as time goes on, we'll keep an eye on what's going on with Carmelo Anthony, J.R. Smith, and Jeremy Lin. But I think we're wrapping it up for the Nick State of Mind podcast. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.